This is Guys Read Romance, where I, romance author Margot Radcliffe, politely strong-arm my male friends into reading and chatting about romance novels with me for an uncomfortably long period of time. Okay, today I'm talking to my old friend Bryce. He's a mega-talented musician who incidentally wrote the theme for this podcast, which is super totally awesome. I told him I wanted it to sound like Woman by Kesha, and he most wisely chose not to do that so he wouldn't be sued for copyright infringement. Yeah, but I mean, Kesha is awesome, and I want to pee glitter too, but you know. We spent a lot of time in our 20s realizing that he's allergic not to massive amounts of vodka, but to black currant. He's a huge lover of dogs and choral music and can find Easter eggs in the woods with the best of them. I'm hoping he befriends my mother so she'll stop nosing around in my business. So thank you, Bryce, for being here. And I'm super excited to talk about romance with you. I'm excited to be here, Margot. Thanks for having me. <laughs> no problem. So, all right. Bryce, to start to start out, what kind of books do you typically read? You d- seem to have not read a lot as well. Uh, well, so so here's what I'll say. I read a lot of, you know, educational books, things about dealing with particular students from diverse backgrounds, things like, you know, your trauma-informed learning. You know, I read a lot of case studies. I read a lot of scholarly journals. You know, if I had to be honest, the thing that I read the most is probably recipes online just to make fun of them. Like it, this recipe reminds me of the red gingham tablecloth that my grandmother once draped over a chair as she was making pineapple. You know, it's like, come on, get off your horse. Like you can't read those. You got to do the jump to the recipe. I yeah, I know. I, I don't know. care about anybody's husband who likes a brownie. Like, I don't care. Everybody yeah. likes brownies. Lady. Everybody likes brownies. Mark. Yeah. You're right. You're right. But I mean, I do read. I like to stay kind of in touch with what my students are reading. So I do some like young adult fiction. But I've told you before, like, I'm notorious about never finishing a book. And I give you a short one. You gave me a short one, which I appreciated. But like, I don't know what it is. Like, I it's not that I have like a fear of closure or something like that. You know, <laughs> I would say honestly too. Like, just to backtrack a little bit, I do love to read a lot of short stories. David Sedaris, Augustine Burroughs. What's the guy's name? Uh, Shepherd John John Shepherd, the guy that did a Christmas story. I can never remember his name. Gene Shepherd, I think it was. What? Yeah, like I didn't even know that. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, like that is a Christmas story is based off of a short story from his book called In God We Trust, All Others Must Pay Cash. And like I absolutely love that style of writing. Yeah, it's Gene Shepherd. I love that style of writing, you know, where you can you can just like garner an entire person's existence from a chapter. You know what I mean? Uh Uh-huh. That's what I like. Brevity. Unlike what I just <laughs> told you. <laughs> right. Shut up, Margo. <laughs> so fair enough. That's a large, that's, there's a lot of stuff there. So why up until this point then haven't you read romance? Of course, I'm hearing because it's long, but like, what is it about the genre as a whole that has not attracted you? Well, without getting into like the deep rooted psychology of my childhood my mom was a very avid romance reader Um, we're talking i you know it's funny looking back like i think her and all the neighborhood ladies had like a porn exchange group where they would like 
put dozens of harlequins in brown paper bags and like drop them off on each other's porches <laughs> and like as a, as a, I said that's a great system i know right it was like those little shared libraries before they were actually a thing mm-hmm. i remember like i was a very avid reader when i was a kid and my mom would always be like no don't read those you know and then like once i got to like the age of 12 or 13 i was kind of like Oh, what does that mean? Her nipples hardened at his touch? What? Like, that doesn't make sense, you know? And it wasn't until, like, I was probably 14 or 15 where I was, oh, gross, you know? And since then, I just think I haven't, there's, like, deep-rooted childhood shame (laughs) or something. Probably. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what a lot of people think, that it is shameful to read romance either either because of the sex or because it's for women, right? Yeah, and I, honestly, up until you getting into the field of romance writing, like, I didn't know that there were gay romances out there, you know? I, if I didn't know that, I, I couldn't see myself reading a straight romance because like I'm just not I don't care you right know. But you watch like Hallmark Christmas movies I mean that's uh, forcefully <laughs> forcefully I mean if it weren't for the people I live with staring mouth agape at them from freaking November 1st until January 18th I would be like <laughs> well, if I never had to watch a Hallmark movie again I'd die happy <laughs> now now does not your partner watch them as well Yeah. And okay. So I will admit every once in a while, I do find myself sitting there for like two hours going like, oh, she's going to buy the bakery. (laughs) You know, like it's and it's always the same formula, right? It's like girl from city moves back home. Girl buys bakery, enters cupcake contest, you know, (laughs) and it's like, come on. But it's what sells, right? Right. Cupcakes are good. You know, I, like I really, love a cupcake. Really Better like than it. a husband in a brownie. I mean. <laughs> All right. Well, that's, I mean, I think that that's typical. Even people just, there's a stigma, right? But hopefully what you read this time, I mean, it was porn, what we read. Uh, yeah, I was, you know, listening to our other friend. I can't remember who it was. Um, <laughs> talk about how. Matt? Yeah. Is that who it was? It was okay. I didn't know if that was his name or not. (laughs) Okay. Let me, let me backtrack that. So listening to Matt talk about how he he was so excited to see these gay characters that were portrayed just like straight couples who like moved to new England and had a Victorian home and partner owned an antique shop. And I'm like, did he read my life story? (laughs) But then I'm like, I was expecting a little bit of that. And it was just like, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Like chapter one, let's, let's do it. And I was like, damn, okay, there, there wasn't much of a, it didn't follow that formula that I found out about from listening to your other podcasts. So I, I was kind of shocked. Well, it did kind of. They kissed at first. There was kissing, and then they moved on to other stuff. But yeah, because it was a novella, right? It was only like forty pages or whatever. It was very short. So, I mean, on my Kindle, it said ninety six. So ninety six. Come on, come on, Margot, give the guy some credit, <laughs> okay? I mean, what font were you reading in? Like eight point font? Come on. Well. I think that it's paid, Kindle pages are different than book pages. Right? Okay, whatever. So you're saying I basically read a 12th grade essay. <laughs> I've got 92 pages here and they're thick. I don't know if you can see that. That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> It'll 
say on the thing. So this, yeah, 92 pages. You're right. That's the print length. Okay, see, so there we go. Fair enough. All right. Still much shorter. I mean, an average book that I, like a romance novel is anywhere from like 300 to 400. Yeah, I don't think I could do that. I don't have the stamina. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then you're not going to get a cupcake shop and antique people falling in love slowly under the... (laughs) slowly under the vermont moonscape (laughs) all right so let's the next first thing we're going to do is this sex scene game i was made for this (laughs) i'm going to read two passages one is written by a man one is written by a woman not to say that there's any differences but we'll see if you can guess which one is which and you know i it's interesting you know we've read mostly at this point, gay romance is written by women. And so I kind of made a conscious effort to try to find sex scene passages written by gay men, not straight men. But it's it's been... I'm, it's been Are different. there straight men that write gay porn? No. Anyway, <laughs> all right. So here we go. First, here we go. Uh, like, it's the first time, the last time he grips my thighs to hold me in place while he claims me. At first, a deep, slow thrust and then increasing faster pounding louder our pleasure reaches the top of our lungs heedless of who hears beyond the conference room door so that's the first one second one they were sitting on the floor leaning into the corner of the room her mouth on his nipple her hand moving his dick slowly an intricate science his whole body imprisoned there a ship in a bottle i'm going to come Oh boy. <laughs> if it weren't for that, uh, I, I kind of want to say that the second one was written by a woman just because of the whole, like a ship in a bottle. Like, you know, it was, it was much more flowery as opposed to the first one, which was like harder, faster, deeper, you know? And it was kind of like, yeah. I, I tend to think that we as a society tend to think that men are more geared in that way. Mm-hmm. Whereas we assume women and I'm not gender biased or anything like that in my personal life, but I, I do tend to think that a woman writer would be much more about the metaphors. So I'm going to say the second one was a woman and I'm probably wrong and I'm ready for public shaming. <laughs> uh, so you think the first one was a man? Yeah. The second one was a woman. Yes, that is incorrect. Damn you, Margo. <laughs> Sorry, you lose. Uh, Story of my life. (laughs) The first one was The Kingmaker by Kennedy Ryan. And the second one was In the Skin of a Lion by Michael Ondantia. So yeah, that was a confusing one, but those were, that was good reasoning. But yeah, this one was, the guy was, it was like normal kind of, it wasn't too weird, which it normally is. What do you mean by that? What's weird? Guys uh, write sex weird. It's just like always weird. (laughs) It's weird and impersonal. And I mean, obviously, these are sweeping generalizations. Well, I was going to say because I thought that first one was really impersonal. Well, but so yeah. It well, was difficult. Sorry. I would say maybe next time, but that's, there's there's only one game now. So. <laughs> <laughs> you can make up another one on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, we're going to get into talking about this book now. The book that we're reading is Winter Ball by Holly Trent. Some information about the author. She is a USA Today bestselling author. She is a three-time Colorado Romance Writers Award of Excellence finalist. 
This male male romance winter ball that we're talking about won the Passionate Plume Award for erotic no- romance novellas in 2015. She's a Prism finalist and has won a Swirl Award. So she's written a lot. And so I, I've never read her before. This is my first time, but. All right, so the book summary is, when teammates Barton Locke and Evan Boswell arrive separately at the Hotel Baudelaire's exclusive Den of Sin winter ball, neither expects the staff matchmaker to pair them with the other. Evan is minor league baseball's biggest ladies' man, and Bart has spent way too many nights bearing witness to Evan's conquests. Evan came to the den to play, but knowing Bart is the other party in his secret weekend rendezvous changes the game. Evan's used to Bart calling the shots on the field, and wouldn't mind so much if Bart did the same in his personal life, too. Unfortunately, Bart thinks Evan's attempted seduction has more to do with changing his mind about retiring from their sport than hitting a relationship home run. (laughs) All right. So Bryce, what were your first impressions of the cover, the blurb? Tell me, what did you kind of feel about this book before you started reading? Okay. So the blurb is what, you know, when you asked me to select, I was like, oh, okay. I'm going to go with something completely out of my realm of comfort hoping that maybe it would hold my interest. You know, like I'm that gay guy that loves watching football documentaries because I'm like, oh, this is different. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like Last Chance You, like who watches that? I love the street dudes, right? And I like, I love that kind of TV because I thought, oh, this is going to be different. It's going to really hold my interest. Uh So then when I saw the cover, I was like, oh, okay, okay. Which is the cover for a second is just a a shirtless man with a a baseball bat, right? Is that what it is? Right, right. But the thing that did bother me, I'm not going to (laughs) lie. This this baseball player has these like perfectly white, you know, uniform pants on with a black leather belt. Do they wear belts in baseball? I have no idea. I don't I don't think that's a thing. And I was like, that's unrealistic. That's unrealistic, Evan. Take off the belt. So, you know, that that did bother me. The other thing that I thought was kind of interesting was that the Reedsville rooster icon was at the top icon. You know what I mean? The insignia. Because I did look and see that, you know, this is part of a series. And I was like, oh, okay. So this is the first book in the series, if I, I believe. So the the logo, the team mask, whatever it was. Yeah, like the, the insignia at the top of the book, like the Reedsville Roosters. I'm not going to lie. Like it after reading this one, I was like, oh, I should read the other ones. Because I did find her writing, even though it wasn't so much involved with like character development and like setting and everything. I was like, well, okay, she can put together a sentence, you know, she, yeah. it was, it was gripping. Yeah. Well, I thought for the, I mean, we can talk about it later, but I thought for a novella, I thought she did a surprising amount of character work. Evan and Bart had very distinct personalities and. Well, yeah. And I should backtrack as well, because I did, I took a lot of notes that were pretty <laughs> interesting to me about. So I guess I shouldn't have said like the character development, but I, I did take a lot of notes where it was like, oh, she's she really does kind of know something about the gay world of daddy relationship right. with like younger man, older man. She she kind of hit the nail on the head with some of that stuff. Wow. Some of it I thought was grossly exaggerated, but right. she did do a really good job of that. Cool. All right. So did you think that the from the cover and the blurb and like we said, the cover was just yeah, he is wearing a black leather belt. That's fine. Isn't that weird? Yeah. I mean, maybe it's just in his spare time. I don't know. 
Anyway, so the cover kind of delivered and the blurb kind of delivered what they said they would. Like when you saw like what you read compared to looking at the cover and the summary, it kind of, your expectations were met. Absolutely. 100%. All right. So leading into the next question, how did you feel about the characters? Do you think that they portrayed people you might meet in your regular life? I mean, we don't know any baseball players. Yeah, we don't. (laughs) We're not the sporting type. I once caught a ball and broke my finger in five places. (laughs) True story. Yeah, I mean, could I see meeting people like that in real life? Minus the sports scenario. Yeah, you know, there are there are people that I've met that have that older, younger relationship dynamic. I mean, my own partner and myself are eight years apart, which isn't that up those eyes. (laughs) You didn't know that? I think probably I did, but it doesn't, you can't tell. Yeah. 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 I mean, he does a lot of moisturizing. (laughs) (laughs) It helps. It helps. It helps. Yeah. So I think part of that is that I've always kind of liked older guys because I tend to try to think of myself as mature, but I'm not, you know, (laughs) but I, I try to hold myself in that light. And as you may recall, I was once with an older person in a very short-lived relationship wherein a bucket of popcorn was dumped on their head at the drive-in by a young author. (laughs) That was a short-lived romance. I don't think I was alone in that. Oh, no, I think you definitely had a co-conspirator. I mean, sorry. I said that was my first and last double date. (laughs) Well, you're welcome. <laughs> yes, you saved me from a world of flying buttresses made out of white chocolate. That was a really good cake. That was a really good cake. I am sorry about it. <laughs> if nothing else, the, the, he listened to the ideas about cake. <laughs> I think we made, did you a favor. I'll, you I'll, you I'll, definitely I'll did. Cake aside. <laughs> I don't even remember it, to be honest. But I'm, I'm sure I've ruined lots of people's dates. <laughs> and also... <laughs> And also dumped a lot of popcorn on people's heads. So it's really difficult for me to to really remember just one incident. All right. So fair enough. I thought they seemed like regular people. I didn't think that like they did anything outlandish. I wonder, do things like the Den of Sin Winter Ball really exist? And how do I get invited to a Den of Sin (laughs) Winter Ball? Is that just the thing for like minor league baseball play? Like what's going on? Well, it harkened back to like the 1980 like key parties and stuff where he's like oh does that really happen and i'm sure it does i mean there's a furry convention going on in pittsburgh as we speak (laughs) it's the biggest one in the country the thing is is that i bet it does and i bet if you go like everybody's super creepy you know that's the problem that's why these books exist because like if you walk out to a den of sin winter ball and like wherever it's gonna be like old dudes that are yucky for sure Definitely not pro ball players. No, so I'll, I'll just keep reading these books, I guess. And <laughs> myself the STIs. All right. So, what made you want to keep reading or stop reading? Story, the writing, the characters. Tell me what. Well, the writing was very good. It was fluid. Mm-hmm. You know, I was. I didn't know what to expect. The only other romance that I've read recently is yours. And like you do such a good job of setting a scene and getting you involved in the characters within the first chapter. You're like, damn, I want to be on that yacht. I, you know, like it's. 
Thanks, so much that you didn't finish it. So yeah. It's so much that I didn't. Hey, I have a track record to uphold. Okay, <laughs> my Kindle is full of your books that I've purchased and not read, and you should be happy about that. Okay, I'm supporting. I, I am supporting your habit of getting puffed corn treats at Costco. <laughs> No, I think, you know, she did a good job of setting a scene. I think that, like I said, the writing was fluid. I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting just, I I mean, I hate to say it, but out of a novella, I wasn't expecting that much. And I was like, oh, okay, this is going to be a good short story. So it did, it was a page turner. It was a fast read. Mm -hmm. You know, I read it in like an hour, hour and a half. And it was like, okay. I, I just kept going. Yeah, I thought she did a good job. And like we said, in a short number of pages, I thought that while Bart didn't necessarily have like an emotional arc, really, we did see Evan go through like kind of a, a sexual like discovery. Also him dealing with anxiety and his career stuff. I mean, I thought she did a good job with it in a short time. I believe that he had an issue. I saw that it was resolved in the end. And Bart, on the other hand, I mean, he just kind of found a partner and that was nice too. And dealing with not being a baseball player anymore. So I agree 100% with what you said about Evan's character. I thought she did a good job of building his arc. But there were, there were moments where, I've got one highlighted here, where Bart was talking about, like, okay, ready? He'd always wanted to buy an old house someplace, like Savannah or Charleston, and fix it up. He could listen to baseball on the radio while he sanded and painted. Maybe he'd coach the Little League or something to pass the time. Okay, first of all, no gay man is going to be coaching Little League, right? Like, I would rather be refinishing furniture myself. <laughs> Why? But, I don't get it. Don't well... I mean, okay, well, he is a ball player, so never mind. Maybe it's just my <laughs> disdain for kids who are age six to 12. <laughs> Those are great. But, I mean, but you know, I thought like that was that was a nice little bit of his character development. And then yeah. later on in the book, he talked about his parents, you know, and right. I thought that that was kind of nice. It was, and I'm trying to find it here because I did, I did like this little scene. What I would say about what she did with Bart's character was sh- she dug very deep in just a few sentences, mm-hmm. whereas Evan had most of the the arc. Mm-hmm. There was this point where she talked about. No, you're right. Bart's arc was more of like his accepting his new phase of life, right? They're both entering a new phase. Like, yeah, Evan's going up to the majors, Bart's leaving baseball, and they're both kind of dealing with these separate phases of life, right? Yeah. But it just felt like in this particular story, Bart was kind of more of a teacher. So I guess Evan's journey kind of is more apparent because Bart is kind of teaching him lessons about how to progress to this next level, how to be in a male-male relationship. You know what I mean? So I guess that it's a little bit more involved, but Bart does have his own story for sure. And she does a nice job of it. Yeah, I I thought so. You know, even, even though, like we said, Evan's arc had a lot more time. I thought she did a good job of really just digging in, in just a, you know, like a short paragraph where he talks about wanting to like go back and work in his dad's wood shop, things like that. I was like, oh, that's, 
that's a nice little bit about him because otherwise he's just seen as this like grimacing hulk of like sex. Right, she does, we are kind of inside of Bart's emotions more, I'd say, me than Evans. I mean, we kind of see like Evan move a little bit, like go from one place to the next, but we do feel Bart's emotions more. Right. He talks about how he feels more than Evan does. Evan seems to be more about kind of like sex and whatever his his anxiety, but Bart seems to, I don't, for as much trouble as he has ex- expressing emotions verbally, we do see a lot of them internally. Right. And I would say Evan is almost like a confused puppy, right? Bart, like he's kind of like, okay, what next? Next, what next? Where Bart is like, yeah, leave me the hell alone. You know, and there were scenes where he was literally just, just leave me alone, you know? Yeah, well, he does leave, I think, at one point. Yeah, he leaves to go to the bar or something, get a cheeseburger. I- yeah, I feel like he, yeah, he leaves twice to eat and doesn't eat. And I was like, what, are you going to eat? Like, I mean, I'm, I'm food driven. Like, yeah. I just, if you're going to eat, go eat, right? I was like, what's he going to do now? He didn't eat now. What's happening? Now they're asleep. What's going on? All right. I would be very angry. <laughs> just, all right. Did you think this book was funny? Inadvertently so. You know, like there were there were moments where I was like, oh my God, no, she didn't. Like either she knew that, there were, that she was punning. Uh-huh. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like there were just times where it was like, oh my God, we're talking about a baseball bat in his wood. Like, come on. You know, and I was kind of like, yeah, like there were a couple little spots and I should have marked them, but I was like, I'm sure she meant to, I'm sure she meant, I'm sure, but there were some other ones too, where I was like, oh God, like, was that inadvertent? You know, and I did find myself a couple of times kind of giggling. Oh, and that was like, I was just busting your balls. Like, come on, they're baseball players. Like, seriously. I do remember that one. Yeah, and like the only wood that he cared about was the wood between his legs, not the bat. You know, things like that. Uh-huh. The I or the exact quote was something like, "The only balls and bats he had to worry about were in the the hotel room." Yes. It's like I do remember that. <laughs> and there were like other things too, where it was just like, "It's a good reason to play baseball and not arrange flowers for a living." It's like, could we be more stereotypical, Holly? Come on. <laughs> but also, I love flower arranging, so you know. <laughs> I totally. <laughs> All right. So yeah, I thought it was, while not laugh out loud funny, I thought it was easy to read. I had kind of a a lighthearted tone and kept it kind of upbeat. It wasn't dark at all. You know what I mean? Even though Bart was a grouch. Yeah, it just felt cute, I guess, and fun. I don't know if I laughed out loud, though I do remember those ball baseball puns. (laughs) All right. Was the dialogue realistic? Do you think that's how people talk to each other? Or specifically, is this how guys flirt, do you think? So I think that that's a really good question because they're flirting with each other from like try to be straight guy approach. Uh-huh. You know, even though Bart was more upfront that he had been with guys, Evan alludes to the fact that like all he had was a drunk blowjob from a guy in a closet once, you know. Right. And so I don't know that the dialogue is something that you would hear from guys that are just meeting, you know, going on a date or whatnot. Like that's certainly not the way that I've ever talked to guys. Mm -hmm. Just definitely not, definitely not that approach, but I'm also not that forward when it Mm -hmm. comes to flirtatious behavior. Like I'm the awkward one. So I think that's, I mean, that's just a really good question. I I don't, uh, I don't know what to say, Margo. Like seriously, because they were very aggressive towards each other in the, yeah, especially uh-huh. in the beginning mm-hmm. where it was like, don't talk to me like that. I'll fucking knock you in the mouth. And it's like, whoa, right. uh-huh. 
Uh, okay. Yeah. So it, it was almost like reverse psychology on both of their parts. Like I'm going to posture and then if he responds, great. But if he doesn't, then I'll up the ante. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah. Aside from the flirting part, I did you think like just in general, the dialogue was realistic just for people? Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. Absolutely. I thought in just when they weren't trying to be over the top flirtatious, like it was, it seemed like casual conversation. Like, oh, I hurt my shoulder. Will you rub this for me? That's okay. normal, right? <laughs> for two supposedly straight guys. <laughs> I thought, yeah, I thought that, well, I don't think Bart was straight. I think that he was full on. Yeah, he was full on. So I thought the dialogue was realistic too. I thought she did a good job. Nothing kind of tripped me up, except for there is a part when that girl came over. (laughs) She was like trying to entice them into a threesome. And and then she was like, okay, I see you guys have some issues to work out. See you later. Right, right. When she was like, I have a key to the gold room. That's where we have threesomes. It's like, what? It's just so weird. Anyway, fair enough. So let's move on then. Did you find the sexual components realistic? And so it kind of goes along with the flirting from before. So we're just kind of. Yeah, I think I think they were definitely realistic. I think she did a really good job with getting inside the minds of both guys when they were having sexual advances towards each other. It was like, okay, she knew what she was doing because they were they were definitely very evocative, provocative, whatever you want to say. Like they were they were they were gripping. <laughs> so, like there's there are a lot of things about this that if it was a woman in a in a man. For instance, the initial sexual contact is Evan just putting his hand down Bart's pants while he's sleeping. And so like if a it's man a little rapey. Yeah. If a man did that to a woman, I would be like, what is going on? And I would not finish that book. But so like, how did you, I guess it's a different dynamic. It still kind of skeeved me out in this book. I was like, he's full on sleeping. This doesn't seem great. And so I guess, how did you think about that? What kind of WTF? Yeah, it was definitely a moment of like, whoa, okay, that escalated quickly. And (laughs) Because he was just lying in bed next to him. And then next thing you know, it's like, okay. And then it went to full on oral. And it was like, okay, you know, like, are you going to buy him a drink first? But no. So it was... um, Give him some instructions. He was like, here's he threw an instruction manual in his face and said, get to it. He literally did. And then he was like correcting him along the way. Mm -hmm. No, that's not... And it was like, okay, so Bart was trying to go to build a blowjob instead of build a bear. And it was like, he was so heavy handed with his instructions. It was like, okay. But also it was weird because you could kind of read between the lines that Evan appreciated that. Right. He was trying to like have his first encounter with a man. And so it once again fed into that idea of being taught, right? Like the older, younger dynamic. Right. And that seemed to be like, and that was obviously the whole thing in this book. And we don't actually know how old Bart was. We know that Evan is 24. We don't really, I assume Bart was in at least his late 30s. I would say at least, yeah. You know. All right. Well, so when they actually had sex and stuff, did that all seem realistic? Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. 
All right, fair enough. Okay, so did their entire, you kind of touched on this a little bit, did their relationship seem authentic to you? Yeah, I would say that it, it did have moments of, okay, that's that's the way this would work because I've seen that reflected in my own relationship, not so much with the pervy stuff, but with the, I shouldn't say that, that was gross, but I see that reflected in my own relationship within the dynamic of interpersonal workings, you know, like how, how the relationship tends to work. I also thought it was funny at the end of the book to jump ahead where Bart is is with his friend Clint and they're watching this professional game on the TV and Clint's like, whoa, did Evan just really go after that empire? And he was like, no, he did that to me through the camera just to show me who's the boss. And it's like, oh, okay. You know, so... So, I mean, there are parts of that that I think are mirrored in in the actual, in a gay relationship. Right. Or any relationship for that matter. I mean, you know, not straight or gay. It's like you always assume that there's someone in charge and then you come to realize like, oh, no, the relationships should be 50-50. In reality, they ebb and flow. You know, sometimes it's 60-40, sometimes it's 30-70. It is what it is. Right. I mean, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> If it's if it's not ninety ten in my favor, I'm out. <laughs> I'm not listening to anything anybody says. Oh, I love it. No, I thought she did a good job. Just the way they spoke to each other, the dynamic, the whole thing. I I was I honestly was genuinely surprised because I've read a lot of novellas. I've read a lot of self published novellas, and I'm consistently surprised by how natural this relationship seemed, how natural the flow was of the whole entire book. So yeah, I I mean I don't know. I don't have a lot. I mean obviously I've never been in a male male relationship. I can imagine. Uh, what that might be like, but probably the jury's out in my case too. <laughs> but so it just, I, nothing about it to me seemed like, except for that hand down the pants while you're sleeping, but while the guy was sleeping, nothing seemed like crazy out of character. So anyway, all right. So speaking of this book is written by a woman and it's about, of course, two men. Do you feel a certain way about that? Do you think that that made a difference to the overall feel and the authenticity of the characters in their relationship? No, honestly, I didn't even think about that after the first couple of pages. I was like, oh, she's writing a really good story. But then I wasn't even thinking about like the she behind it. Right. Okay, this is a good story. Keep moving. You know, I I thought that the way that she crafted the characters, she did a really good job of... I can't even say that I thought that like she was trying to write it from a man's perspective. She was just writing a good story. Right. Well, it's been interesting because we've done... A, some have not been released yet, but we've done about four or five gay romances so far that are male male well three have been written by women and one non-binary person and so all of the ones that people have by and large preferred have still been written by women and the one that people did not in fact some hated it a little was written by a man so it's interesting i don't know I mean, not to say women are better in general, but I mean, you can extrapolate what it is that you want from it. Let the guys play baseball, let the girls sit at the typewriter. <laughs> <laughs> typewriter. Right? Like, who uses a typewriter? <laughs> I didn't mean that. I meant, you know what I meant. <laughs> Going to the quick categories. So for you, what was the hottest moment? The hottest moment was probably... Hmm. There were a lot of hot moments. I mean, there, yeah, there, there were a lot. And oh, man, 
I thought one of the the hottest things was actually not even, it wasn't even one of the sex scenes. It was like the fact that Evan had to stop and pause and think like, okay, I've always been with women. Like I know what to do there, which is funny because like, isn't that the funny thing about women? They're always like, yeah, you don't know which buttons to push. Right. right. Which was, I thought was funny because like, here's this guy thinking like he knows what mm-hmm. to do to a woman to like mm-hmm. make her have pleasure. But then he's like being really introspective about what he needs to do with Bart. And I was kind of, oh, that's, I don't know. I found that to be really sexy in some weird kind of a way uh-huh just the consideration paid or the thoughtful like wh- yeah the thoughtfulness behind it i was kind of like wow oh okay like that's kind of hot do you know what i mean like Welcome to being a lady yeah yeah like for so, just somebody to put an ounce of thought and effort into somebody else's pleasure and well yeah and i mean yeah and that's the thing like there were so many like and i mean i don't know i haven't read a lot of romance but or any romance, but it was like, (laughs) I've never finished a romance, but it was like, you know, there were, there were so many sex scenes because it was a novella, like you said. So I think there were what, like four total? There were a bunch. Yeah. At least three or four. Yeah. There were at least three or four. And it was like, they were all well-crafted. They were all definitely exciting. But I, I honestly, like I found that the fact that Evan was, Oh, what do I, what do I do? Like, how do I make this guy really want me? Mm-hmm. Because the whole time he's got this inner dialogue of he really wants this guy, but he knows, or at least thinks he knows that Bart doesn't want him back. And what do I need to do? To, and, and just beyond the sexual pleasure, but like, like, what do I need to do to have this guy like me? It was kind of like, oh, that's that was that was kind of attractive. Right. And he's somebody who hasn't worried about it with women, right? Like, right. Really wants him, and so this all of a sudden, this kind of strange vulnerability is attractive. Right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I know that's probably not the answer that your listeners were hoping for, but it did. It it related really well to like, ah, oh, like he he cares about this guy wanting to be with him. Right. That's cute. That's sweet. My hottest moment was when. Bart had two penises in his hand. I thought, how big is this? I thought, how big is this guy's hand that he can fit it around two adult-sized penises? Fair enough. <laughs> Fair. So that was—is that even real? I was trying to imagine, like, how big would it have to be? How in, like, so that was, yeah. And who's on the front? I assume that on the cover, that's Evan. That's totally Evan. That's got to be Evan, right? right well, because because he talks about how like Harry Bart was. Oh right, sure. Fair and that guy's definitely—he's very young. Yeah. All right. Sweetest, most romantic moment. And maybe this is the same one. I thought that I thought the sweetest moment was when Bart was like, I'm going to breakfast. And Evan was he was like, do you want to come? And Evan was like, no. And then the next thing you know, Evan's in the shower and like he comes out and Bart's like he came out of the shower fresh as a daisy. Those weren't like the exact words, but something like he came out of the shower looking fresh and so effortless. I thought that was really kind of kind of sweet. I think the other thing that was kind of sweet was when Bart was talking about like how many times he had seen Evan naked because they shared rooms or whatever, but he focused on the nape of his neck coming through his white shirt. Right. And I was like, oh, okay, that, and those are the things, right, that you don't think are going to be like surprisingly erogenous, but it's like, oh, okay, like the nape of his neck is what this guy's, now granted in the paragraph before, he's like, look at his perfectly shaped ass, like, you know. He could, I know that he would fill out a pair of pants like that. That had to be Evan. And so the fact that he knows this guy from across a bar by his 
butt, but then the thing that he notices <laughs> the most is the nape of his neck. That's that was kind of sweet. Sure. Nape of the neck is a big thing in, in straight romance as well. Oh really? Ladies love it. Uh-huh. Oh. It's like a thing. All right. Biggest objection. And I don't know if I had a sweetest romantic one. I thought they were I thought there were a bunch. Yeah. Oh, I think- I, back up. I know what it was. I thought the sweetest moment was when Evan asked Bart if he could go home with him because nobody ever invited him home. That was. That was really sweet. I yeah. I forgot about that. No, what's the your biggest objection overall? My biggest objection overall is the fact that they called it the Hotel Baudelaire, which reminded me of Lemony Snicket. <laughs> Right? Because weren't they the Baudelaire children or something like that? Never read it. I don't know. I'm pretty positive that their last name was Baudelaire. Let me let me Google this because that was my biggest thing. I'm like, I kept imagining anytime they said the Hotel Baudelaire, like this huge old gothic home that was filled with booby traps and things. <laughs> well, he's a French poet. So I, I think he's known for like his amorous poetry, right? And yeah, so he predates Lemony Snicket. Well, I guess that's okay. I understand you don't want a children's reference in an erotic novella. Right. Oh, yeah, it is. It's Baudelaire. It, their names were like, their last names were Baudelaire. And that, that kind of just was like, no, like, stop it. <laughs> just call it, I don't know, Hotel Cornhole, like whatever. But, like, <laughs> Can I tell you? On 4th of July, my family had on the professional cornhole tournament. (laughs) There's such a thing as professional cornhole. And these guys, these four guys, one of which I swear to God is a serial killer. And they're literally like playing, they're just playing cornhole. And people are in the audience cheering for these professional cornhole. And I'm like, this is what you are doing with your life. You are playing cornhole. And like the the sponsors were like Johnsonville sausage <laughs> and Bush's baked beans. <laughs> I was like, what is this world? What is this world? That, that is so funny. Professional sport. I mean, fuck, I could be a sportsman then. I can play cornhole. I mean, like, what have I been doing then? What have you been doing? I mean, it's kind of like, have you ever seen people play bocce? That's insane. They yeah. throw a ball and then they try to get other balls close to it. Like what? Yeah. Is that well, a thing? Yeah, but like, listen, at least there's like some strategy in that. Cornhole is just... <laughs> it's cornhole. It's called cornhole. All right. What was your most relatable moment? I should have I should have looked at your questions beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well... No, I mean, I would say the most relatable character to me was definitely Evan because I am the younger person uh-huh. in in my relationship. I found some of the dynamics to be pretty spot on, not now, but especially at the beginning of our relationship. You know, I was around the same age as Evan. I was like 26 and, you know, pretty relatively inexperienced as far as relationships go. My longest relationship was like eight months and just long enough to realize like, oh, this is not the the person for me. So I most closely related to Evan's character. Mm-hmm. As far as the most relatable part of the book, I think it was the breakfast scene. I was like, oh, damn, like <laughs> I love breakfast foods. <laughs> 
All right, biggest lie or misconception about men or male relationships in this book? I think the biggest misconception was the fact that it was so sex-driven. And I mean, sure, at the beginning of a relationship, yeah, I mean, it is, right? It's like, it it is, it's it's very hot and heavy at the beginning, but then it's like, after you sit in a warm bath long enough, you know, things tend to go cold and it's like, or not cold, like things go lukewarm. But it's just, I think that, the way that it was written, you see that from Evan, but in Bart, you see that he's kind of like at the stage of his life where he's okay, but like, I'm not doing this again with a young person. And like, you can tell that he wants something a little more settled. Mm -hmm. So I guess in some ways that could be like a misconception and some truth behind it, because I think a lot of times in gay relationships, I think, well, let's put it this way. I think a lot of straight people characterize, and this might be incendiary, but a lot of straight people just characterize gay people as wanting to just have sex and nothing else and just move on, right? right? Like, oh, you're two guys. You probably are just doing it all the time. And it's like, no, that's that's not real life. Fair enough. I do think that they both did want more, though. And I mean, like Evan, like I said, in my sweetest moment, he wanted Bart to take him home. And likewise, like you said, Bart wanted somebody, he doesn't want to be with some young person anymore who just wants to fool around like he's ready to be settled in his life. But fair enough. All right. Most annoying moment. The most annoying moment for me was when Bart had his white ring on and he was looking for this other person to have the white ring. Because once again, that goes back to the idea of the key party type of a thing. And of course, duh, Evan is the one that's supposed to have something white. And like he goes up to his room and it's like, what is that? And it was a white scarf on his dresser. Like, come on. Like, you didn't know that. Of course, this guy doesn't have any jewelry on or anything like it just cut to the chase. Like you guys are supposed to be together. Right. Uh, right. Well, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I, ju- I just thought that that was kind of contrived and we get it. <laughs> I thought the logistics of that whole thing were stupid because like there was only so many colors and there seemed to be like a lot of people at this winter ball. And I was like, how are you really going to know who you match with? There has to be like, you got to use symbols or something like a name tag with symbols. Cause you're just, there's only, I don't know how many, how many people are like, or is this chartreuse or lime green? <laughs> how, how many colors and shades are you going to like try to match up here? People? I'm sorry. I'm looking for someone wearing fuse. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I thought that was kind of annoying. And I also thought that the way they, how they described each floor with a different color, like gold is where threesomes happen and red is where people leave their doors open and just come and go on. It was like, oh my God, I don't, I don't want any part of any of those colors. Like put me in a beige room and make sure it has cable and air conditioning and I'm good. Like leave me alone. You know what I mean? All right. Fair enough. Those were annoying. So that wraps up the quick categories. So like, were there any other thoughts about this book that you had or questions about the book that you had? No, not really. I mean, I would say that the way that it was written, and I've said this to you, you know, in other conversations, leads me to want to like explore the rest of the series, which I thought was kind of good for somebody who doesn't finish a book. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. the other thing that i think is kind of funny did she i guess this is a question like did she mean to call the team the roosters when that actually just means cock like you know what i mean 100 100 (laughs) percent All right. So yeah, I thought this was a fun novella. I thought it was surprisingly deep. I thought the characters were surprisingly likable and relatable and complex. 
I thought the sex was hot. I thought that the escalation of it was hot. I thought despite some of the rapier elements, I felt like I kind of was like learning along with Evan. Yeah, I thought it was good. I was surprised by it. And I'd never heard of Holly Trent before. There is a lot of shitty, there's a lot of not so great self-published content out there. And so I thought this was really quite good. So I, I have a question about that. Like when, so she's an award-winning writer, do self-published things stand a chance to get those awards or did she receive those awards from other things that are actually published? I think it depends on like whatever the award might be, if they accept published or non or self-published or traditionally published. Some, some do, some don't. And I, she might have the USA Today bestselling. Sometimes that's also self-published just depending on your numbers and what Amazon, I guess, reports. And then it could have been the book that she made that list with was a traditionally published book. I don't know. Got it. So anything else? No. All right. So to wrap up, where overall were the assumptions that you made about romance in general, like the genre? proven true after reading this book or were you did they kind of change your mind about what romance novels were i can't say that it either reinforced or took away those assumptions i would say overall i was pleasantly surprised that it was an enjoyable read i wasn't dreading it by any means but i also wasn't oh i get to read that you know what i mean it was just kind of okay like this is an actual honest to God type of writing. And obviously, I mean, I don't want to to sound that way, but I think a lot of people think it's just romance and they don't think of it as an actual literary work mm-hmm. where even like a novella is not, you know, it's not going to stand the test of time compared to like Tolstoy, but- People in Tolstoy on this podcast, every single episode. Okay, it's not going to stand the test of Steinbeck, but it's like, I think that to me, I just, I wasn't expecting such well-thought thought out writing, really descriptive, really imaginative. I was just kind of expecting a newspaper clipping or something, you know, out of a little novella, like, okay, this is fine. It's like a letter to the editor. Mm -hmm. But I thought that overall, it made me want to read further. It makes me want to take a look at some of her other stuff. So I I would say that uh, I was pleasantly surprised. Right. And I think that that's even in this short amount of time, sex aside, I liked Bart and Evan, even in the short time in the novella, even if the deep emotional character development might not have been possible, it still was there. And I still related to them as people. I still thought that they were fun and interesting and definitely just relatable as people. We understood even in the short time, Evan's anxiety, Bart's kind of nervousness or just kind of sadness about leaving his career behind this thing. And while we didn't kind of dive super deep into those things, like we felt the undercurrents and how they shaped their behavior with each other. And like I said before, I was surprised uh, to enjoy it, but that's how it is like romance. Yes, you're saying it's formulaic, but inside of that, there are these complex characters, these intricately drawn characters who have very specific wants and needs and personalities and that's what we're drawn to right that's what we're we as readers are relating to and that's what people come back to the genre 
for is to kind of go on that journey with them, even though, of course, we're all on that journey. We all are in <laughs> trying to be in relationships and fall in love and have these things, of course. And there are obvious patterns that emerge in everybody's life. And so what's interesting is the characters and watching them, how they deal with it and how we can kind of take those experiences back to our own lives. So after this experience, then will you read or watch more romance on your own? It sounds like yes. Yeah, I, I definitely will. I uh, I want to explore more of Holly's writings. And, you know, don't hold me to this, Margo, but I just might finish your book. Your <laughs> you books. don't have to. I would rather people not read them. It's fine. Get out of here. Keep no. purchasing them. <laughs> I'll I'll keep purchasing them. Maybe maybe I'll have an entire electronic bookshelf of Margot Radcliffe's that I've never read, but that's okay. Great. No, I definitely I definitely will. All right. Any other thoughts about this book or romance in general that you'd like to share? I think that looking back at the the idea of like, oh, you shouldn't read that. Maybe. Maybe that shame that I felt <laughs> from like looking in the the brown bags of Harlequins has prevented me from exploring the genre. Uh-huh. I think knowing that there are authors out there that are doing a really good job of portraying relationships, not even not even just gay relationships, but relationships in general. And really having a good grasp of that leads me to believe that, you know, I should take a, a deeper look at the genre. Great. Yeah. It's not just porn, though. That's an unexpected, that's a benefit, right? But it's- <laughs> Books with benefits. <laughs> right. Anyway. All right. I think that romance can provide a blueprint on how to communicate almost sometimes. And that's, I think, a lot of what is appealing about these books. Right. And I... I think that, you know, Evan's character did a really good job of that, right? He was constantly advocating for himself. I want this. Why don't you want this? You know, and it was kind of, at times, it seemed a little bit elementary, but he was also being, he was being 100% genuine in what he wanted. And even though at first it was just like that, well, I can't even say at first it was the physical stuff, but, you know, the fact that he was like, no, Bart, don't go, don't leave baseball, don't leave the hotel room. Don't leave me. You know, like those were like the, his holy trinity of don't, you know, like, and so I thought that was kind of sweet and I thought it was genuine. And in the end it worked out for him, which was great. You know, is that always the case? No, but I thought, I think you're right. Like it does show a good model of how to communicate and how to advocate for what you want. Yeah. So not all fluff and porn, all we're saying as far as romance goes. Right. Absolutely not. Even though this one was pretty, pretty intense, you know, she was really hitting home runs left and right. (laughs) I mean, his bases were definitely loaded, but it was like, come on, man. Yeah, they were. All (laughs) right. Bryce, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for coming. I'm so glad you enjoyed the books and are going to read more romance. There's only one thing left to do. Tell me that you love romance. I love romance, Margot. <laughs> okay.